everyone, and welcome to Take This TV, the television book club podcast, where each week we watch an episode or two of our favorite shows, and we talk about them with our friends in the fandom. That's you. I'm Carmen Askernese, and I'm joined by the one and only America's best friend, Aaron Fusco. Hello. Oh, hello. <laughs> How are you doing? Oh, hello. Aaron is here. Welcome is to here. my house. I guess we're in your house right now. Yeah. I think we did this bit last episode where we said, sit, have a seat on the couch. <laughs> but welcome again to this house that we are in. It's more of like a clubhouse. This is where the book club, the television book club Yeah, meets. make yourself at home. You're a family here. Yeah. When you're here, you're family. And nobody's ever used that slogan. So I think it's clear <laughs> yeah. for us. No problems here. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I just Googled it and it said, you're the first people to ever say that. was that. the search result? <laughs> yeah, it was weird. Google started talking specifically to me. So I don't know what that's about. Yeah, it's the metaverse. Uh. <laughs> but what I can tell you, what I do know about is what we're watching. And what we're watching is a show called Winona Earp. And if you're just tuning in for the first time, welcome. You're in my house. <laughs> welcome to Aaron's <laughs> you're in house. house. Welcome to the clubhouse. Welcome. <laughs> And we will be discussing episodes 11 and 12, the two right before the finale episode, which Carmen had to promise he wouldn't skip ahead. I'm so tempted to do (laughs) (laughs) I know. As soon as we stop recording, you can jump on in and watch it. But yeah, we like him to stay fresh. Uh, And so if you need to watch those episodes, pause right here, go and watch episodes 11 and 12 so that you can come back and participate in this discussion in your car or your house and just sort of like shout at us as we, some of us, misremember entire plot points of episodes. (laughs) She's talking about you when she says that, by the way. (laughs) Yeah, sure. (laughs) But uh, but we love you anyway, so let's pause. Welcome back. Thanks for watching the episode. Welcome back to the house, to Aaron's house. The clubhouse is in Aaron's house. It's in my backyard in a tree, much like Willa lived in a tree. That transition, (laughs) hell yeah. So first of all, Willa's still alive, surprising Mm -hmm. no one. And Did you want me to read the Yes, sorry. I'm so excited to jump in. I jumped ahead. He wants to go right away. So I'll do this really quickly. Netflix's recaps or summaries, I suppose. Episode 11, the Earp sisters welcome their newest guest. Bobo prepares for the poker spectacular as two unlucky revenants revive a pair of sinister twins. Again, I think that these are written with someone watching the first 10 minutes of the episode, (laughs) but incredible. And then episode 12, as Bobo continues his gruesome party planning, Dolls and Winona infiltrate a local gang's clubhouse, but run into problems with the peacemaker. And a lot more happens. Boy, howdy. Boy, howdy, y'all. So let's let's jump right in. Willa's alive. Willa is alive. I think she's the newest guest. And they find out through DNA testing that happens off camera, confirmed that she's Willa. Yes. (laughs) Very cleverly, just like, Sliding right over whether or not we're going to argue about this. We're not arguing about it. Dolls comes in with a DNA test. She's your sister. But what I will say is that I appreciated that when it comes to Winona, Dolls is always willing to break the rules. Like, it never seems like he's going to at first, but he always does. And so he's like, I'm not going to tell Black Badge that I ran this. I have a friend in the forensic department who did it for me because he owed me a favor. Like, Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't, man, I really like... 
Okay, so before we jump into the story, y'all, you know it. You want to... If, you, if this yeah. is your first time joining us, we have this thing called the Thirst Tracker. We accidentally invented a Thirst Tracker because of just how thirsty this show so is. So thirsty, y'all. Is it the show or is it us? I don't know. Maybe both. I think it's mostly you, but the show does <laughs> demand it of you. Maybe the show was awakening something that was in me. Yeah, yeah. it is for sure, yeah. <laughs> so let's jump to the Thirst Tracker. So last time... We said Waverly and Officer Hot, way hot, as people call them in the fandom. Such a good freaking True. name. Last time we said they were one million gazillion out of five thirst. We got to bump that up to two trillion squillion, I think it is. There's a, there's a number out there that's bigger than gazillion. I forget what it is. <laughs> Let us know in the comments or on socials what that number is. It's bigger than gazillion. That's what way hot yeah, is. Two trillion Google Plex. Thank you, Google Plex. <laughs> All right, I'll change. Yeah. So, oh my gosh. Yeah. You know, we'll get into some of the spiciness later, but they are off the charts. Love it. They're incredible. You get that moment where <laughs> Nicole is like tending to Waverly's bullet wound oh, yeah. when she like tells her to get out of the house and she goes and hides in the barn so they can make out later. Willa finds them. They have a little flirty moment at the big party in episode 12. And just like a lot, there's a lot of quality Way Hot content in these What I love the most about Way Hot is that they're a healthy, loving couple and a healthy, loving relationship. That's why they're so off the charts on the Thirst Tracker. It may seem from the name like Thirst Tracker is all about like, you know, <laughs> the thirst traps <laughs> and, the, and the spicy moments. <laughs> and like the spicy moments are good, y'all. But like it's when somebody is like, hey, are you OK? Like that's off the charts. That's way better than the spicy, sexy moments. And that makes the spicy, sexy moments even better. So Way Hot is awesome because they're a healthy, loving relationship. And we don't see enough of that. So let's move on. Winona and Dolls. <laughs> so for me, last time I said one out of five. Yeah, you're over I'm it. over it, man. The swirl I is know. not enough motivation. Dolls is just like, and they even, okay, I'm sorry. I said we were going to hold off on the story stuff. I just want to bring this up because we're talking about the two of them. There's a moment in episode 12 where Dolls finally says, I need you. And I'm like, dude, it's too late, bro. Is it the kiss? I know they kiss, and it was supposed to be like, oh, oh, uh, releasing of like their feelings, their sexual tension. There's finally this moment where they kiss, and like he admits that he has feelings for her. And I'm just like, as soon as Doc shows up, I'm like, hey, Winona, your guy is here. Like, <laughs> Dolls is playing around. Doc shows up in that moment. Doc shows up when they're kissing. Oh, yeah, you know, you love to see it. They pull apart, and there's Doc in his fancy hat. His lovely tuxedo. So sharp. And he had seen it. But Winona thought he was dead. The last that she heard was his car, or the Stone Witch's car that he, got, oh, he yeah. stole, was headed back to purgatory and it was burned out. Like it was set on fire. So, like, Winona wasn't sure that Doc was Those around. love triangles, man. Let me tell you. So, <laughs> there was a moment, and tell me if this is just me or if you thought this too. There was a moment where Doc was there. And he took the drink from Winona's hand and like kind of leaned in some. And I was like, are they about to become a thruple? But <laughs> that wasn't the case. So I, I misread that moment. <laughs> Aaron's making a face like, no, it was just you, Carmen. <laughs> I'm not sure that that moment reads as a thruple. But as I've said before, the correct solution to a love triangle is probably a thruple. <laughs> as long as you like all sides of it. 
then it's the correct solution. I just think that, like, I don't know. I thought when Dolls was like, I have to show you something in one of the episodes, I was like, all right, he's going to take her someplace romantic, and he's going to be like, no. oh, I know now I love you, and I'm actually sensitive no. under all this toxic masculinity. But nope, it's work. Yeah. And I'm just like, I'm work. over this dude. Yeah. Actually, Thirst Tracker, yeah. we said we weren't going to do it, but zero out of five, y'all. <laughs> oh, you're so Done over with it. Dolls, even though they kiss. This is one of the main driving factors for conflict in this season, and I think next season, maybe. I'm done with it, dude. Just- I'm over <laughs> dolls, man. But he's got work to do to win me back. He really is. Really, really losing. Yeah, so he's really losing you. So next on the thirst tracker, we got Winona and Doc. Last time we said eight out yeah. of eight out of five. I think they're ten yeah. out of five now. Yeah, I know you've you I love, love Doc. Doc, which is of course the correct answer because I also <laughs> it's just it's just the objectively the correct <laughs> answer. I just love him so much. That cowboy is incredible. Everything about him is perfect. He's he's good. <laughs> I was actually the opposite when we started. I was all dolls. I know you you did not like yeah, him, no, but he won me over. I mean, like it's that southern. It's charm. the southern charm. It's that like <laughs> lovable rogue aspect of him. Yeah, I also think that he has agency and dolls just feels like and i mean <laughs> y'all probably could have guessed this but i'm just gonna come out and say it like cops police that's a big red flag no no for me i'm not here for that so dolls already has that going against him and now just like being kind of like he's just i don't know he's not doc so doc is doc is what i'm here for let's move on so Wyatt and doc <laughs> <laughs> you like you can't even i mean listen i love doc i not that i think doc is like I don't necessarily think he's, like, a good person always. Like, he's so clearly done things that are terrible and wrong. But, like, boy, does he love Winona. Just, like, yeah. immediately and without apology for it. Just, like, we can get... We'll get into it as we talk about Juan Carlos and we'll talk about the other things that happened in these episodes. But, like, when it comes down to it and when he is, like, offered the choice to help her, like, he jumps at it. And I think, like I said... I think last episode just like they are very broken in similar ways and that i think makes them like really drawn to each yes. other less healthy relationship but the love is real i don't know i think maybe they can make each other better which is like not a recommendation for real life relationships necessarily but i do think that like they both will strive to be better for the other one. yeah which also not great for real life but i mean like you gotta choose when to be you better. want yeah if you but if you want to improve. I mean, yeah, it's okay to be inspired to be better by somebody else. But if you're doing it for somebody else and then you lose that person, then you lose the reason that you were, you know. Mm, I don't know, man. <laughs> okay. That's a different podcast. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to just I'm gonna sit and think on this one for a bit. I think that it, I don't know. I'm not sure. I'll think about Our it. Our love advice is premium content, folks. And so that's a different podcast. <laughs> no, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. I give great advice. Let's continue. So Wyatt and Doc, we said two question mark out of five. Didn't really get any information about them in this pairing of episodes. Correct. So let's move to the next one, which is a... No, no, we removed Well, there's a new addition. Oh, okay. Who are you adding? Which is like, is Bobo and Willa, Uh, uh, which like I audibly out loud when this was happening on screen, when Bobo was like hey, baby, and, like, kisses her hand or whatever he says at the end of episode 12. I was like, no, God, please, no. (laughs) No, I don't want it. It's gross. He's old, and that means that he was, like, 
being gross when she was a kid. And so Bobo and Willa, as Aaron put in our thirst tracker, child grooming, is going to be a negative five zillion billion gillion out of five. Like, just no. A hundred percent no. It's on the thirst tracker because it's a ship that's in the show that I'm super duper Omega Night for. <laughs> it's gross. This is some extreme Twilight vibes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Just some extreme Twilight vibes. At the end, Bobo has imprinted on Willa. And it's just, yeah. And this is something that really gets me about like supernatural romances to some extent. Like there's a huge like genre of like YA or or romance novels that are like, you know, an an 18 year old girl or a 20 year old girl or whatever falls in love with an immortal fairy king or a vampire or whatever. And at a certain point you're like, okay, but the age difference though. Yeah. And then you compound it in this specific case with, like, she was definitely a child in some of those flashbacks that yeah, she had. Gross. Bobo's being predatory. That's nasty. So, like, he for sure saw her grow up. And, like, that's such... What a mental shift you have to make from being, like, this is a child I, I saw grow up to, like, I'm kind of into her. Like, that's too much for me. Because you can argue that the age difference between Doc and Winona is significant as well. He is a hundred and something years old. She is 27. Yeah, I think the big kicker for me, like the monster boyfriend thing is something that happens in a lot of stuff. And like you said with Doc and Winona, I think the big difference for me is that Doc and Winona are both adults when they meet. And correct, Doc is never like predatory. I was trying to think of a better way to say it, but he's never predatory towards Winona. He's never like, I'm older than you and I know better and you are a child and you must listen to me. Like, he's never... Sometimes he's like, I know the Wild West better than you. But, like, he's never like, you are a girl and I'm infinite years old. Also, to be fair, most of his eternal life was spent in a well. (laughs) Just, like, the fact that he's as mentally put together as he is upon 100 years in a well. Like, he... (laughs) He was in there for so long. years of solitude, yeah. <laughs> Just like the Stone Witch says, I couldn't risk Wyatt coming back to look for you, so I put you in the well. Like, that means Wyatt Earp was alive when he went in the well. So, like, the entirety of his eternal life has been at the bottom of a well that he couldn't climb out of. What was he eating? What? <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know. No, I guess that starvation can't kill oh, him. Oh, man. Because he's that's, immortal. Yeah, that's brutal. Yeah. Anyway, I agree with you that it's weirder for Monster Boyfriend to watch a child grow up and then date, choose to date them than it is to, like, meet an adult person while being an immortal creature. Yeah. But I mean, it was also, I also felt that way in Twilight of, like, Edward and Bella, I didn't like for other reasons. But the Jacob and whatever their daughter's name is was, oh, yeah, Renesmee? I was like, yeah. no, like, ugh, gross, that's weird. Because it's like, yeah, yeah. it's worse. Anyway, yeah. y- y'all get it. We- He's like, ah, a child. And <laughs> she's like, you imprinted on my daughter? And he gave her the Loch Ness Monster nickname? <laughs> gross, weird. Yeah, you get it. We don't need to belabor yeah. the point. Y'all get it. Yeah. We are yeah. all there. But let's get into it. Let's get into the episode. Episode 11. So, okay. <laughs> I don't know. I like rogue characters. And so I knew that Willow was going to show up and be bad when she showed up because I've watched television before. And (laughs) (laughs) I think you said it. Honestly, I think you said it in one of our episodes where I think you said they keep mentioning Willa. I don't think she's dead. And I think she's a villain. 
And I was like, interesting that you say this. <laughs> well, yeah, because I feel like the only time there's a character that dies and that doesn't come back is Uncle Ben. Like, if it's not Uncle Ben, that character's not dead. <laughs> They're coming back. So anyway, when Willa goes off in the bar and just freaking shoots that guy, Willow was like, a lot of the stuff Willow did in these two episodes made me happy because there was like, in my mind, in some of the situations why Nona has been in in the past, I'm like, why does she just kill them? Like, I know that like, oh, the people will see consequences, whatever, but it's like, just do it. And then you can figure it out later. Uh, and so like seeing Willow kind of go rogue, it gives you a bit of insight of like, oh, this is why that's a bad idea. And this is why I want yeah. to do that because that's reckless and so on and so forth. You immediately regretted wanting why to do <laughs> <Yes>. this. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, I, I also think that like some of it is like grounding the story in the real world. Some of like when we're watching why do it, you know, she's a hero. It's going to work out. And so you're like, you know, you're down the protagonist, just like bust a cap at him. It'll be fine. But seeing Willa do it makes you realize that, like, these characters don't know. Like, she doesn't know she's the protagonist. She's just a person in the world, and she's just trying to make it. And it makes the world feel more real. So I thought that was cool. <laughs> I don't know if the, like, sister twins were supposed to be vampires. No, I think they were supposed to. I mean, they're obviously revenants, but I think they had, like, succubus oh, powers. Okay. <laughs> where they, like, just enthralled men. <laughs> Which, and then, that, like, dude who goes in the hotel... Well, first of all, the mayor being like, oh, this hotel is to die for. I'm like, obviously, this dude has never engaged in any kind of media ever, like book, movie, podcast, whatever. Because I would be like, if somebody said that, I'd be like, I'm not going to go. <laughs> it's a trap. <laughs> yeah, but you're also not like an incredibly wealthy, straight white this man. This is true. <laughs> Where he's like, sounds good. Nothing bad can happen to me. I, I have, have money. money. I'm invincible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, also, like, the fact that he opens the bathroom door, there's blood everywhere. There's and there's blood two everywhere, yeah. women in there who don't have blood on them. And he's like, ooh, let's get down. <laughs> like, you're an idiot, dude. I mean, he made eye contact with them and oh, did immediately right. get entranced. Yeah. I forgot about yeah. that, yeah. I'm gonna, listen, we clearly weren't meant to feel that bad about him getting eaten because, like, they were like, look, he's not a nice guy. <laughs> like, don't feel bad about it. He's a rich, mean guy. But, like... I can't fault him for not running because he did immediately get, like, yeah. ensorcelled. I mean, it's also the horror movie thing of, like, oh, I gotta, let me see, what was that noise? Like, you know. <laughs> but he got eaten. And then the succubus sisters immediately got done in after that, so. He got his <laughs> He got his, uh. Got his whole penis his, bitten off by the succubus All of his sisters. business got eaten up. Just. Yeah. But again, like, it's just how straight up horny the show is where they're like, we're not even going to pretend anything else happened. We all know what happened here. I was laughing out loud when it happened. <laughs> I, was, I know. Yeah, I was like, this is some comic book ass shit. <laughs> it is. It is. And I like that about the show. We like that about it. So funny. Okay. And so then what happens? So then we're with Winona and she is helping, she's helping her sisters and talking to Willa, and Willa starts to get a flashback of their father training Willa about how to shoot Peacemaker, or how to shoot a gun. And so Willa takes Peacemaker and is a really great shot. Winona starts to feel insecure, feeling like oh, Willa is better than her. So yeah, I thought that was interesting because I thought that was interesting because I feel like whenever there's a show that has the the sixth Power Ranger character of like, 
oh, I'm gone. People talk about me and I'm a myth. And now I'm here and I'm so cool, but I'm kind of evil. They always make it like my character's evil. The good guys help them become good. And now they're best friends. And so I think it's interesting to see the contentious relationship that the sisters have with one another. It felt like I don't have any siblings in real life, but if I did, I would imagine there'd be, it'd be kind of like that. Of like, you know, I'm happy that you're not dead, but also like, I remember when you tried to make me walk on this beam as a little kid and you're kind of a jerk, like what Waverly said. And I thought that was cool. As a sister with two sisters. Oh, yes. Tell us. (laughs) As a woman with two sisters, nothing as bad as this situation. Like you can't, you can't replicate this in real life because nobody's sister goes missing for <laughs> 20 years and falls in love gun. with the demon yeah. and there's a curse involved. That's a pretend situation. <laughs> but like, it definitely is like you have these different relationships with each sister. And especially when there's three of them, like personally from my experience, like we were constantly just like ganging up on other <laughs> the other one. Like you'd be in... At a certain point, all of you would be in an alliance and then two of you would be in an alliance and then the other two would switch, you know, like, so you do and you do have these like different relationships. And we see that where Waverly does not have the same fondness for Willa that Winona does, that there was definitely a way different relationship where Winona has like a really cute nickname. Willa calls her Nona. Oh, yeah. Which is, like, very I thought that cute. was a cute moment. Too. They have that moment where like, Willa goes out to meet her in the barn and she like apologizes and they like hug and she's like, I missed you. And like, like we've always been two peas in a pod and they have this really close relationship. And like Winona having her big sister leave and then having to become like going through all of the trouble she went through and now having to be that big sister role for Waverly was like a lot of pressure. And so like, I think it's nice that you see like now that Will is here, yes, she feels replaced with her being the heir. Like it's not something she wanted to do, but she felt like she was getting good at it. She felt like she had a purpose and now Will is here and she doesn't know what to do. But at the same time, like her big sister's back and there's like a little bit of that relief of like, there's somebody else I can rely on. Somebody older than me, somebody I can rely on. And then you have Waverly who didn't have that relationship with Willa, who she said when Willa disappeared, she was six. Like she doesn't have a lot of good memories of Willa. She has memories of her tricking her, I guess, into like doing something wildly dangerous while their dad was being an absent father in in order to like keep her quiet about Waverly breaking the rules. Willa's like, I'll keep it quiet if you do something very stupid. And she said like, oh, that doll that's missing an eye is actually mine. Because my sister liked to take my toys and ruin them. And Winona apologizes, but Waverly kind of mutters, like, not the sister I was talking about. Like, you see what a different relationship that these sisters had with each other. And then Waverly's dealing with that guilt as well, being like, I know I should be happy that my sister is back. But, like, I don't know her, and the memories I do have of her are not fond. Yeah, and I mean, we talked before about, like, how good the writing is on this show. I just think these episodes really make all the characters feel really human. Like you mentioned, like all those relationships feel like real relationships, real problems and the types of intricacies that siblings will have in their relationships. And also that moment where that Willa and Winona have in the barn, you see Waverly kind of watching and overhearing that moment. And I mean, it hasn't really necessarily manifested itself, but to me, that scene kind of read as like, Waverly might be feeling like she's losing her big sister. Like Winona's gaining a big sister, but Waverly's kind of losing hers. And so I thought that was really interesting. 
And it really upsets this balance. Like they, throughout this whole season, they've all sort of struggled with like where they fit. Winona, where does she fit in the town? Waverly like has wanted to leave, but like also really likes the history of the town. Like where does she fit in, in the story of the air? Like what's her part? And so all of them, everyone in this crew is like trying to find that balance. And we've seen through season one that they like are pretty capable when they work together. When you see the team come together, when they're all unified for a common goal, like they found a way to work and now Will is here and it's upsetting everything. Peacemakers fritzing out on Winona. You got Willa like stressing the relationship between Winona and Waverly. She knows now about Nicole and Waverly and Winona doesn't know. So there's just sort of like this threat of like Willa knows something Winona doesn't like looming over that as well. Oh my gosh. The... (laughs) So earlier when we were talking about Way Hot, we mentioned the barn scene. So the barn scene where Waverly and Officer Hot, what's her name? Nicole. Waverly and Nicole. Nicole. (laughs) Hot is such a good name that I'm just like, what's her her first name? Uh, uh, Waverly and Nicole are having this really romantic moment together. And then Willa walks in like a sibling, like the... Like the action blocking sibling would do. In a real Sam Winchester. Yeah. <laughs> Just immediately walked in to <laughs> block the relationship. Yeah. But like she says something that's kind of bigoted, you know? And I thought that that was, you know, I mean, for me personally, I think that like, especially if there's a character that you're trying to have like a redemption story for. Four, I just think just because of the world today, like, I I don't think that, like, having bigoted or racist or sexist characters is, like, like, fuck those people, right? (laughs) That's kind of how I feel about it. (laughs) But, I mean, you know, the show's older. And Willa spent her childhood not learning about the outside world and living in a (laughs) treehouse. So, yeah, in a treehouse and a cult. (laughs) With a demon boyfriend. Yeah. I will say she didn't say the worst. She said, I didn't know you were a gay or yeah, something Yeah, it could like have been that. worse. Yeah, she didn't say it. Yeah. Like, she struggled with her words. It definitely could have been worse. But I do think that it was intentional because I will say for this actress's performance is incredible with like, you believe to a certain extent she doesn't know what's going on, but there's always in every one of her scenes, you're always like, something's off. Yeah. Something's like going down. Like you mentioned down. about the yeah. actress. I think she did a really great job of like, sort of yes. being the duality of the character. And and then by the end of episode 12, when we see, when the reveal of like, oh, Willa's and Bobo are a thing and they like got some kind of plan together, it makes you wonder like, did she really lose her memories? Or like, well, I mean, we saw the flashback, so we know that to some extent, maybe she, well, I guess maybe that doesn't necessarily mean she lost him. But the moments where she kind of like, where the persona broke, the mask broke a little bit and she was more aggressive or more, uh, what's the word, abrasive. It makes you wonder, like, has this all been an act just to set this up? And so I thought that was really cool. I thought the actress did a really great job. And the writing is really strong for the characters. But that moment, like, that felt like her being hurtful on purpose to Waverly. And their whole relationship over these two episodes is really interesting in terms of Waverly's character because there's a point earlier in the season where she's kind of being a doormat. And I can't remember if it's Champ or somebody else. It's like, it's champ. probably Champ. <laughs> Freaking Champ. But somebody is like, kind of just walking all over her. And then she, it might've been her friends at the party. I don't remember. But then she stands up for herself. And then from that point on, she was kind of more outspoken. But now her sister is back and you can see her be a little bit more sheepish again. <laughs> and like when she saves, well, air quote, saves Willa from Bobo at the fence, 
And she's like, I didn't mean to call you a bitch. And then Willow's like, what? And she's like, oh, I'm in my head. And so it's yeah. like she's starting to retreat back into herself like she was at the beginning of the season. I thought that was an interesting, like, subtle thing that was happening. Yeah, it's definitely, like I said, like, it just upsets the balance that they've built. And you've seen, a, like, the growth that you've seen this season just sort of gets upended or get a little bit of a setback yeah. there. But I think that if we didn't have this reveal at the end, I think you could still believe everything in Willa's performance and be like, oh, that was genuine. But I think there was just enough there to be like, I don't know. She just goes from being like so sweet and nice to being like so abrasive and so rude that you're just wondering, like, how much of this is an act? How much did you forget? How much do you remember? Like, what's really going on in your head, you know? Yeah. It was also interesting as a viewer because, like, I was thinking, I try my best to, like, be immersed in whatever I'm watching and not have, like, I consume a lot of media brain on of, like, oh, this is the mm-hmm, kind of story mm-hmm. they're trying to tell. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> impossible. Continue. So I was trying to just be, like, in it, and I was like, well, are there just going to be two heirs now? And for a while, I was like, I guess so. <laughs> I guess there's just going to be two heirs. Or maybe Winona is going to be, like, a side character now, or just, like, a cop like Dolls. And I bought it for a minute, like, for a little while. It was, I think, the moment that Winona gave Peacemaker to Willa. I was like, no, <laughs> she's evil. She's evil. She can't have it. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I will also just say that, like, she goes, Willa, like, goes on this rampage. And this is sort of the thing of, like, she was bred and built and trained for this moment, for this curse-breaking job that she had to do. And so when she shoots that guy at the bar, when she kills Whiskey Jim, she sends Whiskey Jim to hell. Whiskey Jim. Yeah, man, that was cold-blooded. Yeah. (laughs) You see, like, what Winona could have been, like you were saying earlier. Like, this could have been, like, how Winona did it, but I think that Winona is better at being the heir because it wasn't meant for her. Yeah, and she's not a cold-blooded killer. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But I also think that, like, there's a lot, I think there's stuff going on that the episodes have not made clear yet, just in terms of, like, Whiskey Jim mentions, like, I don't know what's going on, but there was a weird surge that all the revenants felt a few years before Winona showed up back in town. And we all thought that the heir was dead, so we didn't know what that was. Yeah. And then Willa's like, mm, I'm just I got suspicious him. of Willa in that moment because I was like, is she trying to shut Whiskey Jim up? But then, like, yeah. later in the episode, something happens and she was like, oh, my memory. And so I was like, oh, okay, maybe, maybe that was nothing. But. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like hats off yeah. to the actress in the writing again cuz because I like put those suspicions to bed. She's fantastic, yeah. yeah. Do you want to talk about Doc? You want to talk about Doc in his one Carlos? Let's experience? talk about Doc. One Carlos, and this, sorry. <laughs> and this <laughs> So first of all, is it just me? Or when that guy said his name was Juan Carlo, I busted out laughing because I was like, motherfucker, no, it's not. <laughs> like, your name is Jim from the countryside of Kansas. Like, <laughs> your name is Juan Carlo? His name is Juan like, Carlo. Okay. What do you want from him? I feel like you're just being really rude about I just, his name. I, that looks like a white man to me, but I was a European man to me. <laughs> but I was like, I guess, okay, sure, your name is Juan Carlo, but... How dare you do that? But anyway, so... When Juan Carlos showed up and he's Canadian, Canadian. (laughs) when he gives Doc the option of the badge or going back to Winona, and then the next time we see Doc, he's driving the car. I really thought Doc was like, I'm out of (laughs) here. So that was a good fake out. I also thought Juan Carlos might be the devil because like, I don't know. He had like real, oh man, what is it called? Like 
in a lot of westerns, there's like the man in the tall hat or something like that, they call it. And even in the Red Dead video games, like, there's like an Easter egg of like, you see the man in the tall hat if you go to a certain place or whatever. And then he wants to make a deal with you or a bet or something and you find out it's the devil or something else like that. Yeah, don't make a bet with strange cowboys yeah. in general. It's a rule. Just as a rule. Hi. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Take this TV fact. Don't make a deal with strange cowboys. Yeah, and so there's like, man, I... If y'all know, let us know on socials what it's called. But I think it's a short story or something. But because I was thinking about how this might feel, kind of feels like an homage to that of like Doc's out in the middle of nowhere. His car breaks down. The strange man shows up and he's like, I'll help you. But then he's like, oh, I actually know who you are. And there's a storm coming and you got to make a choice or whatever. Real like deific, deific, deity like it feels like the devil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I see. Yeah. I mean, there's so there's definitely something going on with him. There's definitely some weird nonsense, but he can pass out of the Ghost River Triangle, which I thought Doc was very clever for being like, I dropped my keys over yonder behind that there marker. Like, you should go walk yeah. over there. <laughs> Incredible. Just to check if he's a revenant, which honestly, you got to Everyone who talks to you in Purgatory, you got to do a revenant check right? at this point. So many revenants. And then he teleports into the truck. He has Wyatt Earp's badge, the Marshall badge. Yeah, the one that Doc burned. That Doc threw in a fire, yep. So there's a lot of mystery. Like, he definitely is some sort of supernatural thing, but we don't know much about it. But he did tell Doc to go back to Winona, whether or not that was a good thing. I mean, he did get immediately kidnapped. We do know he's not a revenant, though. That's what we do know, yes. And so, which brings me back to my other thing of maybe he's the devil. Because also, like, (laughs) I I mean, like, maybe I'm way off the mark. But, like, earlier in the episode, I think it's in episode 11, Winona says, like, yeah, we fight monsters or demons or something like that. And then Willa is like, Beelzebub or Lucifer? And she's like, no. (laughs) Like, demon adjacent. And I was like, yeah, I feel like the devil's going to show up at some point. And then there was one. Yeah, and then one call for them. But anyway, all that to say, we got to see Doc kind of like charm his way out of situations twice <laughs> when he's like tied up in the basement with the guy with the weird dialect. I forget his name. Bubba? Big Bubba. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, he's like Bubba. And he's like, no, Big Bubba. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> and so Doc tricks him to throw the knife towards his hand so he can cut himself free. Was Bubba a revenant? Okay, so when Doc stabs him through the throat, he's not dead. Like, he'll come back. I don't believe so. Yeah, I mean, he works for Bobo, and he's kind of insane. So that speaks to revenant to me. Not sure that it's been confirmed, but I imagine he is. (laughs) So he's developing some kind of acid that makes you, like, feel like you need to escape by any means necessary. And so, like, he had the guy trapped in the cube. He put the acid in there. The guy tried to get out. He couldn't. So the guy stabbed himself to die so that he could escape the feeling of the acid. Yeah, I think it just makes you, like, want to claw your own face off because we saw that with the woman earlier in that part, too. Like, she didn't try to escape. She tried to, like, claw her face off. So I think that it makes you, like, want to hurt yourself or others. Is is Winona Earth, was it published by DC? This is, like, a random tangent. I don't believe so. Okay, well, DC Comics did this, like, event book, air quotes, called Deceased. There was like some kind of thing where it was like there was supposed to be zombies, but oh. it was a similar thing of like you get infected with it and you like claw your face off because it makes you go mad or whatever. And so, yeah, real comic book kind of shit. It was okay, cool. Dope. Heck yeah. Indie comics. But anyway, so yeah, so so Bubba puts that kind of stuff. Bubba and Bubba put that stuff in the drinks. Mm-hmm. In the champagne. Champ is the first one to 
like start going rabid. He downed it because he was very drunk immediately and confronted Nicole about man. Nicole knocking Champ out was like, oh man, he had it coming all season long. (laughs) We stand a protective woman. (laughs) He's the worst man. Yeah. And there was a part of me that didn't feel bad for him, but but I was like, he's at the fancy party in a tuxedo t-shirt. Oh yeah, like, I you forgot just about that. Know, yeah. Like we're done. We're like we're over champ. We're done with champ. We're over champ for Waverly. We're over champ as yeah, people. He was so two thousand and two. <laughs> yeah, we're done with him. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so champ starts going rabid, and then the other party goers realize that they've been poisoned as well. And Bobo's like, bring me Winona dead or alive and I'll give you a cure. I only have one. And so people start like swarming toward Winona and the crew. Meanwhile, Waverly is trying to escape with Willa. And that's when Willa breaks away and we find out that she and Bobo are in this together. Setting up for the finale. Honestly, like, I feel like Bobo and Willa are going to get away and we are going to like go outside of purgatory for future It's going to break the ghost. Yeah. We learned is that the lead, literally we need the heir to lead the Revenant out willingly. And that's what we learned that the Stone Witch saying she lost the lead was because Willa had escaped or was taken, I guess, by Lou. I'm not entirely sure which. So Constance had lost that. And then Will is perfectly willing to do it because of the aforementioned grooming. And that will break the hold that the Ghost River Triangle has on the Revenant. Oh, one thing I forgot to mention before is like during the flashbacks and just kind of from like what we've learned throughout the season, we learned that like the Earp's dad, like he was kind of a bad dude. He was kind of a drunk. He was not the best dad. And he was making a deal, it seems like, with Bobo for his own greedy purposes. Because Bobo is even like, why are you doing this? This seems suspicious. And it's like, okay, well, if Bobo thinks you're being weird, then like... (laughs) (laughs) this dude is up to something, so. Yeah, I think it was alluded to in an earlier episode, too, where Bobo was like, I quite liked Ward. I actually, I did not have a problem with Ward. And they had struck a deal, which is why Bobo was mad at the Seven for, like, taking Willa when they did, because he had made a deal with Ward that Ward would lead him out in exchange to keep his daughter safe. He's like, I don't want this for my family. I will help you escape the Ghost River Triangle, and that's not my problem. You just have to not to attack my family. And Bobo had said it in an early episode too, where he was like, I kind of liked your dad. He was fine because he was going to make a deal with me. And I think Wynonna at the time was like, he would never. Or was it Jack maybe had said it? Someone had done it. Someone had said it that like, we did the Revenant Syndicate yeah. Award. I mean, I also think that's an interesting, we haven't really talked about it too, too much, but I also think that's an interesting thing. And like a part of growing up is like learning that your parents are people. Oh yeah. <laughs> make mistakes. Yeah, like, oh man, my dad was not this paragon of goodness that I thought he was. We also get a little bit, too, of there's a letter that we found that was from Robert Swain, who was Wyatt Earp's friend, who had made this letter. And then uh, Willa does call Bobo Robert. So I don't know when he made an origami swan. I'm not listening. I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying. Yes. <laughs> I noticed that and I was like, oh, we should talk about that. And I had forgotten until you just mentioned it. Yeah, I didn't want to I mean, forget. Like, uh, honestly, if they connect Bobo to Wyatt in some kind of way, like they were friends, I hope it's a love triangle with Bobo, Wyatt, and Doc. And also, like, why would Doc <laughs> not know about that? I don't know, yeah, so I don't know. But we'll see what happens. I mean, there was a part of me that, like, when Winona had Bobo dead to rights 
in one of the episodes in the snow. And then Willa pushed her down. I was like, shoot him. <laughs> like She pushed you down. Shoot him again. They got like unlimited bullets. <laughs> Finish him off. But right there, I should have known. Because that was the second time that she did something like that. Yes. And I didn't even. Correct. It yeah. was like over my head. I was like, oh, she just like doesn't want to kill people or whatever. But she had already killed somebody. Oh, and then the mayor kills himself in this episode. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. So much happened. Yeah. And that was so funny when they, well, this is dark humor, but like when they walked in and the mayor's like, I want to die. And my daughter was like, I would love that for you or I want that for you too. Or something. I was like, that's yeah. messed up. But then he kills himself and nobody says anything else about it. There was a lot <laughs> yeah. of other stuff happening. But that was a big deal, so. Anyway. Yeah. There's so much. We probably should wrap this one up, too. But we get another little hint in episode 11 about Dolls' supernatural secret, where the succubuses are kissing him, and they're like, ooh, you kiss different. You taste strong, or something like that. So, like, just another little hint that he has a secret there. And then my note just says, literally, Doc went back to put on a tuxedo. (laughs) Doc was being tortured mere moments ago. Goes and finds a tuxedo and wears the suit to the party. Incredible work. <laughs> Doc, A+, plus, great work. That's so funny. Good. I didn't even think about that. And then when he gets there, he's like, I was too slow. So he went to change clothes. <laughs> yeah, he could have gotten there before they kissed. He just went to find a change clothes. Yeah. I love that man. Anyway, basically, I just wanted to, as we're like starting to wrap this episode up, I just wanted to ask you, do you love it yet? Aaron, I love it. Everything about this show uh, slaps except for dolls. And (laughs) I'm done with his ass, man. This poor man. I'm so done with his ass. Uh, But no, this show is great. I'm excited to see what happens in the season one finale. And we'll see. But I think that what everybody wants to know, Aaron, is do you still love it? Yeah, I love every bit of it. It's such a joy to rewatch the show. And I will also just say I'm a huge fan of how well the show remembers its own lore. I think that a lot of Monster of the Week episodes, a lot of supernatural campy nonsense shows just sort of go, eh, I don't know, whatever needs to work this week. And to some extent that is true, but you also get just some fun lines where like, They reference a lot of revenants that are killed in previous episodes. Like everyone remembers everything that happens constantly. And they like, they reward you if you're paying attention to who the revenants were, who the actors were, who like what's been coming before. So I think that the show works really well together as like a complete package. And I'm loving watching it again. Well, friends, thank you so much for joining us on this journey. And if you love hanging out with us and watching this with us as much as we love doing it with you. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a review. Let us know that you love the show. Let us know what you think. And remember, it's dangerous to watch TV alone. Bye. Bye.